The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey everyone, welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Monday, June 28th, and today we're checking in on the latest from the conference finals where the Bucks took a 2-1 lead over the Hawks on Sunday night in a game where Trey Young sprained his ankle late, and the Suns took a commanding 3-1 series lead over the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals. All of that and more coming up in just a minute. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... A charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh, hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. As we welcome in everyone listening on the podcast and watching live on YouTube, I am joined now by Steve Alexander. Steve, as I was listening to that intro music, uh, if, you're, if you're watching on YouTube, you know what I'm talking about. We have a little intro music. You told me the other day you can't hear that before the podcast starts is that still the case well i think i can i've got it it uh it mutes it i record on my phone everybody yeah. else i think is on a computer and on my phone when the music plays uh i have to like hit here to unmute gotcha. and i've done it i did it last time and i i was jamming like pat yeah, Doherty I- to the music uh, yeah, I feel like you need the music, you know, like it, it gets you in the mood. So I, I just want to make sure you have that. And I don't, I didn't, like, I, I just imagined, I sing it to myself because I'm <laughs> muted. So I'm like, bump, 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 You're bump, kind psh. of an old school, like analog guy. I feel like we should get you like a tape player with a cassette with the music on it and you can hit it when we start. Yeah. And uh, maybe I could, I could rock these, these headphones, uh, these giant, uh, what do they call nice. these tin cans? Yeah, we yeah. call them cans in the industry. Maybe I could rock those cans and uh, maybe get get an old analog. Yeah, like an old tape recorder where you hit the play and record yeah. button at the same time. And Exactly. That's what, I'm going to yeah. look into that. I'm going to ask Ed. I'm going to ask Ed if we can set that up. Meanwhile, unfortunately, we have to talk about basketball and we have to talk about what happened on Sunday night between the Bucks and the Hawks. The Bucks won 
Game three, 113 to 102. The Hawks led this game for much of the way, Steve, and led by two points heading to the fourth quarter. But as you saw, if you're watching it, Trey Young sprained his ankle late in the third after accidentally stepping on a ref's foot. And if that's not a metaphor for what a mess the officiating has been in these playoffs, I don't know what is. Trey Young spraining his ankle on a referee's foot. But even so, I mean, even even though Trey Young came back, I should say, after that injury, he, he didn't look like he was the same. He talked after the game about how his ankle was hurting. The Hawks only scored 17 in the fourth quarter. Chris Middleton went absolutely nuts. A barrage of jump shots late. 20 points in the fourth quarter for Middleton as the Bucks pulled away. Steve, what stood out to you in this uh, relatively wild game? Yeah, the, the play where uh, Trey stepped on the referee's foot was so weird in so many so different weird. ways. Like, it wasn't like the referee was out on the court or somewhere where he shouldn't be. He was sort of where he was supposed to be. Right. Uh, but when Trey... He stepped backwards and kind of stepped on his the referee's foot and turned yeah. his ankle. You could see it all happen. Rolled over and laid there on the ground. The referee didn't even really look down at He didn't even like look at him or acknowledge that anything had happened. And surely the goodness he felt Trey's foot land on top of his. Like he had to know something was wrong. It looked like he just didn't even care at all. Which that that kind of made me mad. And I think it made Trey mad. Like I think if Trey steps on my foot and sprains his ankle and falls down the ground in front of me, I'm like, oh, dude, I'm, I'm oh man, my bad. Are you okay? I would have done something, but he didn't yeah. do anything. So th- it was just weird. And then, you know, like I told, like I told you before we came on the air, I was like, I, di- I didn't see Bogey Bogdanovich make a shot last night. And you're like, well, he only made three of them and he shot it 16 times. And on the flip side of that, I didn't see Chris Middleton miss a shot. And yeah. Especially late, man. I mean, Chris Middleton, whether it was a three or a layup or a mid-range, like he was on fire. And Giannis played really well. Drew Holiday didn't play well again. But like you said, man, once Trey went to the locker room and then came back out, he played, but he didn't look the same. And the, the worst words I heard out of his mouth were MRI. He's having an MRI, uh, maybe as we as we speak right now. So... Uh, I think he's going to play the rest of the way in the series. I just don't know if he's going to be the Trey that we saw in the first three quarters of that game, which was money Trey, ice Trey. Yeah, he had 35 points and six threes in this game. And he said after the game, one of his comments was he couldn't go as fast as he wanted to. And I believe he, I'm trying to remember whether I read this on The Athletic or whether that was from the press conference, but I think it was in The Athletic, a story by Chris Kirshner, specifically referenced a play where he tried to push it and he drove into the paint full speed, tried to go full speed, and uh, kicked it out to Bogdanovich for a corner three. Got him wide open, actually, and Bogdanovich missed it. And again, like you said, that was a big story of the game. Bogdanovich had eight points on three of 16 shooting. He was two for 10 on threes. He had a lot of open looks. He had also a lot of kind of rushed shots. And that same story in The Athletic referenced Nate McMillan saying that Bogdanovich's knee is actually feeling better. And you, you sort of got that sense from how many shots he was jacking up in game three, Steve, but he just flat out wasn't making him. And we talked about how this guy could be an X factor for the Hawks, how much they need him just playing decently. And I mean, he was flat out bad on Sunday night. It was just devastating for the Hawks. Yeah. And, you know, Bogey there at the end of the season when the Hawks were one of the hottest teams in the league, he Bogey couldn't miss. He was on fire and Trey was playing well. And, but now uh, with, with Bogey not able to make a shot, the Hawks are in trouble if he doesn't get it going because 
Gallinari's played relatively well. John Collins has been fantastic, I think. Trey's been really good. Kevin Kayvon Herter has been really great. Kayvon is turning turning some heads in this series. And really, I mean, the only piece missing for the Hawks, you know, game two was a was a weird blowout. But, you know, in this game, they needed bogey and they're gonna need bogey and Trey to be ready to go for game four. Yeah, so Middleton had 38 points, 11 rebounds, seven assists, and six three-pointers. He shot 15 of 26, as I said, 20 points in the fourth quarter as he was just unconscious. As for Collins, Steve, you mentioned how well he's played. He had 13 points and eight rebounds in just 23 minutes because of foul trouble. And the play where he picked up his fourth foul was, I am a Hawks fan, but I think any objective observer would say that was a pretty questionable call. And... Uh, it was an absolutely crucial call because it got Collins out of the game for a long time and the Hawks needed him. Uh, do you remember the play in particular that I'm talking about? Yeah, and I didn't think it was a foul. And, I mean, look, I, I know that NBA coaches don't like to use their challenges, but I'm pretty sure, sh- like early, but I'm pretty sure Nate McMillan ended that game with a challenge in his back pocket. And sometimes you got to sense the moment. I know it's hard. I mean, you know, it's not like the coach has a replay monitor in front of him, so it's tricky. He can't, it happens fast and... You know, he can't really quickly say it's not like baseball where they just kind of stop the game. They're like, hang on a sec. We're going to watch this replay like three times while we decide whether to challenge this. It's, you know, in basketball, it seems like you got to make the decision really fast. And so I guess I'm not really blaming Nate McMillan there, but that was a pivotal moment. And I think on a challenge, the Hawks have a pretty good chance of winning that and keeping Collins in the game. I think that is a really good point. And you're right. You, you do have to make the decision a lot quicker in the NBA because, like you said, in baseball, they like, hold on, we're going to have the guys in the locker room tell us if he was safe or out, and then we're going to figure out what we're doing. And in basketball, you kind of got to go with, you know, if your player is screaming at you that he did not touch him, right? then you probably have to go with it. And, and like you said, I think Nate has to be aware, okay, well, that's four on John Collins. That's a crucial moment and a crucial number, and I need to challenge this if he doesn't think he fouled him and see if we can keep him in the game. Because uh, yeah, right, J- John was out of the game for a long time, and I think that would have been number three on Giannis. I believe Giannis got two fouls early, and then may have ended the game with two. I'm just checking real quick. Oh, he ended up with four, but he got two early, and it was like, oh, the Hawks are going to get him in foul trouble, and then you know nothing on that front. But yeah, so. I don't know any other any other storylines. You mentioned Kevin Herter playing pretty well for the Hawks. He only shot four of eleven, but when the game was close, he played well. And for me, how far I've come with Herter was that play where Trey Young threw him a pass, kind of saved it out of bounds, and flicked it to him in the corner, and then just turned and walked away because he knew he was going to make it. I was off my <laughs> couch. I was off my couch doing the Larry Bird with the finger in the air as Herter shot that. It's a really weird feeling because. So much of this year, I've been like, man, if Herter would just make the obvious ones, just as a guy who just seemed to never make the ones he should make and would just then make a random three when you're least expecting it. But, you know, finally, you have that feeling of Herter has the ball. You trust him. You know, he, he's kind of finally coming into his own, I think, as a uh, as a real life player. And I think that's going to carry over in fantasy next year, Steve. Well, and on the defensive end of the court, too. I mean, he's, he's possibly the Hawks best defensive player like he. He can guard any of those guys one-on-one, and he does a really good job of it. And I think we're just scratching the surface with with Herter. And, I, you know, I don't know where I even target him next year in fantasy, but it's probably a lot higher right now than it was two months ago. So 
Yeah. And I do think he's going to be a guy in fantasy where his, you know, his season was so unspectacular that I think he's probably going to be a pretty good value in fantasy leagues. I, I could, I still would see him, I think, as a guy who's probably going to be available after pick 100 in a lot of leagues. Wouldn't you think? Yeah, I was going to say like 9, 10, 11. Yeah. Somewhere in those rounds is probably where you're going to be able to get her. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, no, I was going to say, to your point, he did have a fantastic defensive sequence where I believe he blocked Drew Holiday on a, on a jump shot and then got out and contested maybe at Middleton. I can't remember who shot it from the wing later that possession and airballed it. So that was pretty great. He had three blocks, I think, in the game. The other point I wanted to raise, Steve, was what are your thoughts on how the Hawks have been defending Giannis? Because it kind of seems like they're playing into his hands in the sense of, He's kind of got the ball either you know out on the perimeter or mid-range, and they're right up on him. And as opposed to backing off and just forcing him to shoot any jump shot. You know, Giannis got away in that game barely having to shoot any jump shots. And I think they're just playing into his hands. I, I realize it's hard because he can also just decide, I'm driving to the basket. You know I'm driving to the basket, and it doesn't matter. So that's the tricky aspect of it. But I think you do him a little bit of an extra favor when you kind of take that step out towards him as opposed to just truly back away and dare him to shoot a jump shot. Yeah, I think that's a good point, too. I think Giannis, what, he hit a hit a three last night. He actually hit several free throws in a row. But then you look at his final free throw line, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, but Giannis had 33-11 and 11 with four assists, two steals, a block, and a three-pointer. I swear it's the quietest 33-11. and 11. Like he just does it so effortlessly and you're right. I don't know why the Hawks are not sagging off of him more and just making him shoot jumpers because that's what you want. And anytime he was getting inside and he would put his spin move on, it seemed like the Hawks, the Hawks were not doubling him or or sending any help. Right. And then we're, he's either got to lay up a dunk or he's going to the line. The free throw counting stuff from the fans is pretty fun. I'd like to see I'd like to see Atlanta fans figure out to like alternate it. Like sometimes you do it and sometimes you don't. So he doesn't get used to it. Because it looked like when he got hot there from the line, it looked like he was throwing it up right as they hit like eleven every time. Right. And uh and he, he actually hit more than it feels like he hit. He was 6 to 13 from the line. It feels to me like he was more like 6 to 9, but uh it is what it is. But yeah, I Giannis is going to get his, man. It's he is. the middle it was tonight it was or last night it was Middleton. I mean, Middleton just went nuts. And then in game 1, uh Drew Holiday was on fire. He he hasn't been on fire since. So yeah, it's just it's not looking great for our Hawks right now, man. But they were down 2 to 1 to Philly. So they were. And they were. We've seen this movie. We've seen this movie before. We have, and I'll come back to that in one second. Just want to quickly say, yeah, it, I think Reggie Miller was talking about on the broadcast too, where the Hawks were just not sending help when Giannis would would get into the paint. So yeah, it's kind of a combo of, on the one hand, you got to try to bait him into shooting jump shots, and then, but then actually, you got to help when he's in the paint. If he's one on one against Collins or Capella, more often than not, he's he's scoring. So I realize guarding the guy is not easy. But I think that uh, they could throw a few different looks at him as opposed to leaving John Collins on an island for a decent amount of that game. And, yeah, to your point, Steve, just closing, closing this one out, 
The Hawks are in the same spot as they were against Philly. Exact same thing has happened so far, except obviously the big variable here is Trey Young's ankle. So we'll be waiting for word on that. It's probably going to be, you know, Trey's list is questionable. Trey's a game time decision. Trey probably plays. But the big question we won't know until we actually see game four is what percent, you know, capacity is he at? And if he's at like, you know... If he's not close to full health, the Hawks are in huge trouble. I mean, they're pretty much done. Even though they did beat the Bucks without Trey Young during the regular season, I think that's not going to happen in the playoffs. <clears throat> it's not. So, and I, I mean, Trey's going to play. I, I don't think we're going to be without Trey Young. I think, and you've seen ankle sprains where they look worse than that one looked. Sure, he's going to play. But to to your point, we just don't know if we're going to have. 80% tray or 60% tray or, or what percent tray. So, yep. Do summer projects your way with Memorial Day savings from the Home Depot. With free delivery on over 2 million items, you can make the most of summer grilling and dig into gardening. Plus, get same-day delivery on thousands of products like power tools and storage to tackle any last-minute garage project. Summer your way with Memorial Day savings from the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. All right, anxious moments for Hawks fans, Bucks fans obviously feeling a big sense of relief with that 2-1 lead. Let's go back to Saturday night, Steve. It was the Suns 84, the Clippers 80. I know you love a good 1990s style playoff slugfest, Steve. This was it. A somewhat hideous game, maybe an understatement. The Suns shot 36% from the field. The Clippers shot 32.5%. They combined to shoot. You ready for this number, Steve? Nine for 51 from three-point range. Just really gross stuff all around, although a great game from DeAndre Ayton. What were, what were your takeaways from this one? Yeah, it was like an East Coast 1980s or 90s slugfest, you know, between <laughs> yeah. Moses Malone and <laughs> Daryl Dawkins. And it, it was ugly. The Suns got the win. They're up 3-1. I, I'm pulling for Phoenix. Are we supposed to pull for people, Matt? We're just, we're just fantasy guys, right? It doesn't I, matter. We've been pretty obviously pulling for the Hawks, so yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, I I really want to see a Hawks Suns uh, finals just because the two teams that are never there. And they, you can argue the Clippers are never there either, but nor the Bucks. This whole Paul George, Kawhi Leonard pairing for me, and now you got Reggie Reggie Jackson suddenly a hero. None of that gets me too fired up so well uh, we did have some big news yesterday when it came out that Kawhi Leonard is upset with the Clippers medical staff because he feels uh, according to a guy named Skip Skip yes. Bayless yes but uh he's mad at the medical staff because they misdiagnosed his knee and you know Skip Bayless says 
Kawhi needs surgery, he's not going to play again. I don't know if that's true this season in these playoffs. So that's an interesting angle. And what what's the last uh, medical staff that Kawhi Leonard was not mad at? Matt, <laughs> do you know? Was it was it his middle was what? it his middle school team? Did things end badly with him and the Raptors medical staff? I thought they were kind of. Yeah, uh, I think they were okay. I thought they I were simpatico. Okay. Back to yeah, that you're right. That that Kawhi thing is is definitely a storyline to keep our eyes on. And he, of course, has already been ruled out for Game Five. Just backtracking to Game Four, Chris Paul and Devin Booker combined to shoot 14 for 44 in that game. It was a rare six for 22 from Chris Paul. You do not see that often. DeAndre Ayton came up huge for them, as I said, 19 points, 22 rebounds, four blocks. We were bemoaning the lack of blocks from DeAndre Ayton. He finally put up a crooked number in that column, Steve. And uh, a steal. And a steal, though I'm not going to... Uh, I'm not, not still not moving the needle for me in fantasy in terms of <laughs> Ayton, where I'll be drafting him. I, I'm not taking the bait that easily, Steve. Well, I mean, we have this discussion every podcast, I think. And yeah. Aiton just keeps playing better and better and better and better. Like his playoff play compared to his regular season play for me is just night and day. He looks like a different player. He sounds like a different player when he talks. Chris Paul, you know, they're all fired up about Aiton. Now now he needs a max contract. Yada. I mean, it's just the world is his oyster right now. And I don't know. Well, the problem is, like we talked about, is we were taking him around 20th, between 20 and 30 last year. Yeah. And I still don't think you can, you can't do that. No. But third round, fourth round, you can. I don't know. I, I just think the confidence he's gaining throughout these playoffs is, is going to reflect next year. So the needle has moved for me. And think about if he would have played in these playoffs, the way he played the regular season, how little your needle would have moved. It must have, it must have been going in reverse <laughs> at that point. Cause he's been phenomenal, phenomenal in the postseason. He and has. And you're in, still like, Nope, Nope. I'm not doing it. No, I'm it's just, it's, it's just a fantasy thing. I mean, absolutely. Like yeah. we even saw him, you know, turn around baseline fade away, swish it, you know, in that <laughs> game. I mean, he's absolutely making strides. I just am not convinced I don't know. I I still think that the early round fantasy guy is somewhere in there. I'm just I'm sitting out a year. You know, I've I've uh, <laughs> unless I get I guess we'll get to a certain point where I will take him. But I'm just yeah, third round no. It's st- that's still a no for me. I mentioned that Chris Paul and Devin Booker shot 14 for 44. Reggie Jackson and Paul George combined to shoot 13 for 44. Just a brutal shooting night for Paul George who did have 23 points, 16 rebounds, 6 assists, but Steve, his shooting numbers, 5 for 20 from the field, 1 for 9 on threes, 12 for 18 on free throws. Just brutal for uh, for Clippers fans. There's your guy. There's your, there's your playoff hero. 5 of 20, 1 of 9. Bad shooting games happen. Bad shooting games do happen, and they almost won. You know, the Clippers had a lot of chances. Paul George's free throw shooting in that game is probably the reason that they lost. Yeah, like, I mean, he had a he missed free throws to tie the game. He, uh, I he's I just don't. It's not the guy I want carrying my team that's trying to get to the finals. It's just not. Reggie Jackson, by the way, we've talked about it before. Incredible story. Minimum contract. Clippers basically run out of Detroit. I, I didn't know. I really didn't know he could play like this. And he's he's basically leading that team. Well, along with Paul George. You don't like to give Paul George credit, but it's just weird. And then I think the other the other storyline for the Clippers is Marcus Morris 
you know, as Marcus goes, the Clippers seem to go. So he was two of eight, four points, zero rebounds. Ouch. And they lose. Yeah. Yeah, well, Phoenix is one win away from their first trip to the NBA Finals since 1993. So that is coming up on Monday night. Phoenix has a shot to close it out. As we said, Kawhi Leonard already ruled out for that game. His status for the rest of the playoffs in question. Steve, that's the end of my notes that I wanted to hit. Do you have anything you want to uh, mention before we get out of here? Well, did I hear correctly last night that that Phoenix Clippers 84-80 score of that game was the lowest NBA score of the entire season? Oh, wow. I don't know. Or did I imagine that? You do have a very active basketball dream life so it's possible that you <laughs> dreamed it i'll have to i'll have to double check that i, I mean we don't oh. see we don't see many 84 80s we certainly don't i think it might have been the lowest score in the league uh this season so and then monday night we've got the clippers and Suns game game five. five five that is happening tonight and then tuesday the hawks are back at it in atlanta at state farm which has a new Evander Holyfield statue outside of it, joining that of Dominique Wilkins. And I'm ready for both of those games. I'm here for it. I'm ready. By the way, the one thing I wanted to say before we get out of here, because you mentioned the Hawks fans counting, the count was, as they remarked on the broadcast, quite fast. <laughs> the, uh, Extremely fast. <laughs> I think they got up to 14 at one point uh, before, as Giannis released it. But I was counting one 1,000 at home, and I, it was about a two-second gap for me. So... I did have a friend sending me screenshots of his phone stopwatch. He was timing it. And he, I think I got like a 10.6 and like a 10.5. So Giannis really, yeah. really walking that line. If there's one thing that Atlanta fans do well, it's count really, really fast. <laughs> uh, but I tell you what, watching on, and Marv Albert, Marv Albert even said, there's no 1 1,000 going on <laughs> yeah. here. Which yeah. is funny because, like, when you used to rush the quarterback in backyard football, yeah, did you have to do one one thousand one Mississippi? 1, it's one Mississippi, one Mississippi. Right? yeah. Well, it, I think it was, I think it was both of those things happened, but yeah. uh, there was none of that going on. But oh, Giannis was yeah. still missing free throws, and just the pure elation and just the happiness on people's faces as they're counting, and you guys on the bench are doing this. Oh. Like, it, it's really fun. It is, and I think. I think every NBA player should have their own free throw chant. Like we need to figure out how to make this happen, but it's pretty, it's pretty fun. And I'm sure it was very fun to be there at least for the first three quarters when the Hawks controlled the game. They did. They controlled the game for three and a half quarters. Milwaukee didn't lead till late in the third. And by the way, there was pure joy and elation in that building when Giannis airballed that free throw. I mean, you just never, those cutaways, those fans were just so pleased as though they had finally done it. Like they had been, they had been like sawing at that log all night and they finally got it. Like people were so pumped. That was hilarious. It was, it was pretty great. The Bucks, however, are laughing today. Yeah. Maybe they'll count slower on Tuesday night. Yeah. Maybe mix it up. I kind of like your idea. Go really fast sometimes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And then other times, like, <laughs> one, two. You got to throw a change up every now and then, you know? Well, so. we need to have a – somebody needs to step up and be the, the Giannis free throw The conductor. Maestro. We need, like, the a, conductor. like, Atlanta Symphony. Maybe we can bring in, like, a conductor from the Atlanta Symphony to lead the – to lead maybe the, the opera singer maybe the opera singer that sings uh ah. god bless america at the braves games yeah that guy yeah 
He just counts okay. in his in his incredible voice. <laughs> yeah, just put him up there behind the basket and just let him. We've officially he, gotten he into picks the pace. We've officially gotten into weird idea territory, which I think means that it's uh, maybe it's time to call it a time day. to go. I think so. Okay. All right. All right. Well, welcome back from vacation. Thank Matt. you. We we barely survived without you on Friday. <laughs> Thanks for uh, my thanks. phone overheated and I, my phone overheated and I got kicked out, kicked out of the pod. I couldn't even get back in because things were on fire smoking. That's I feel like that's what I do here. I keep things from catching on fire. You know what I mean? It's a big part of what you do. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for us. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a second to rate and review us as well. We're back on Wednesday and Friday this week to talk more playoffs. We'll, we will have a potential Suns closeout game to talk about and the Hawks will be trying to stay alive on Tuesday night. We'll be back on Wednesday to review that. Thanks everyone for listening on the podcast and watching live on YouTube. Steve, thanks to you, man. I'll see you on Wednesday. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.